Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 Hawaii. Once again, live here at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. We caught up with Raiders General Manager Tom Telesco. Chargers General Manager Joe Fortiz, uh, and now want to uh, share with you a conversation that we had with Rams General Manager Les Snead, who is in Los Angeles. So we got a chance to catch up with him via Zoom. A lot of the reporters are here at the NFL Combine. The Rams, uh, perhaps too cool for school. <laughs> Sean McVay and Les Snead are back in Los back in Los Angeles, but they want to play for you the conversation that we had. With Wes Sneed, so without any further ado, here is Rams General Manager Wes Sneed. Hey, Wes, with the recently announced um, salary cap for 2024 and the 30.6 million uh, increase per club, I guess what was your reaction to seeing that, and how, if at all, does that influence uh, the team's approach to uh, free agency here? You know, it really didn't surprise us uh, that much. Uh, it was somewhat according to plan, so it really didn't alter, you know, let's call it our, our initial blueprint, which we're uh, actually still refining, uh, you know, as we go about this process. So to answer your question on that, nice to have, but that, it was in the ballpark of, of what we were expecting. And then to be able to re-sign Demarcus Robinson and, and get him back in the fold and just have that continuity in the receiver, receiver room. What it mean to be able to bring him back and why was that? Well, I think it, it, as uh, most of us on the call, right, we, we do realize how much we're in 11 personnel. Uh, there is there is always an intent to uh, try to get as many receivers uh, involved as possible so that, right, the, the guys that, let's call it, are in the lineup for the opening play, uh, play a little bit less. Just so they, you know, that you keep them fresh as the season goes on from from September to, you know, the goal of being, you know, late January, early February. So that is neat to have that continuity. The neat thing about our offense is there is an element of there's a lot of veterans. We've had obviously is Puka a veteran now? I know, but keeping continuity there with that group that knows our offense have been in it for a while uh, to keep that machine. humming and then go forward uh, in this offseason to uh, add some pieces to hopefully make that machine uh, even uh, more lethal, per se. Thank you. Appreciate it. Adam? Hey, Les. Uh, last week, Sean mentioned, um, you know, having discussions with uh, Coleman Shelton and his team. I was just curious if there's been any updates on that. 
No, no updates. Uh, no result from the update. We're we're in constant communication, Adam, with 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 Coleman, with uh, his rep. Um, so they are, you know, they. Here's what I can say: this in in the logistics of it, he had a void. He wanted to uh, take the void, and, and at that point, uh, let's begin figuring out maybe uh, the next uh, contract for him. And and I would say most players get to this point where, okay, the season's over. They're in the last year of their contract. There is a side of the process where uh, to help figure out the market is, is somewhat go to the marketplace. And uh, sometimes you got to be patient in this process, which I do think is very healthy and productive for both sides. Uh, because if you try to do something beforehand, it's really just probably the Ram side. Uh, but when you do go uh, to the market, then it's it's 31 other teams involved. And then it's a, a good you can usually come up with a, a win win. And uh, you mentioned Kevin Dotson as someone last time we talked as someone you'd like to keep along that offensive line too. Have you guys had similar discussions with his camp? Very similar discussions with him as well. And, and I know, I, I think in, in his case, uh, will probably be a very similar pattern. Kevin got to this point, earned uh, this opportunity and to find his real uh, market, right? The reality of his market, he is probably going to have to get it's probably going to go into the window uh, at minimum. So I, I usually the the window starts March 11th. I usually say around March 12th you can start figuring some of this uh, stuff out. So uh, you can't microwave free agency. Got to put um, it in the oven per se. Uh, the NFL PA report cards came out today, and the organization was like roundly dinged for things related to facilities. Um, do you worry about that at all being a factor? I know you have long-term plans, but for guys that you talk to who may not match that timeline in terms of the contracts they're talking about. Adam, it's probably not a, a huge concern. I know we have some long-term uh, long-term plans and vision, and that's, that's the, again, it's not a microwavable deal. It's something you got to put in the oven, and I do think it, 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 when that time comes, we'll probably get better marks facilities. There is a side that some of us here really appreciate this because our culture is a lot about, hey, uh, keeping football the main thing. So uh, there's some positives to come in here. Obviously, the weather outside, you spend a lot of time outside as a football player, so that that can help us win the day. But there is uh, there is probably something about Kalu and all of us that's on this call. We've all been a part of it. We can't recruit in the Power Five. We were a Power Five college football team we're struggling to recruit but it is it is something about coming here making football the priority coming together as a collective and, and making it most about um, uh sunday afternoons in sofa which is obviously a, a first class facility so thank you i don't know if they put sofa in the uh in the survey i didn't get a chance to see the survey we've been in some draft meetings so no, no, nothing about the stadium. Oh man, that seems like we're leaving out a big piece. But thank you. Not my survey. Gary. Hey Les. Um how's it going, Gary? Oh, uh, it's going well, going well. Thanks for doing this. Um what do you so what do you think the chances are that you actually will 
pick at number 19 or, or make a first round pick this year? That I would love to, I would love to give you an educated percentage of, but I can say what I do know probably from a theoretical standpoint is as we continue going through this process of, of, understanding the draft who fits who might be around us things like that that's that's really when you when you get into hey is it at 19 is there an opportunity to move up for a specific player but that player also with that comes right a a trade-off where you're going to give up right now where i think we're starting with 10 10 picks maybe 11 i think 10 i'm not sure but if you do that right you're giving up some some picks behind you so uh, that trade-off. And then there's the, the trade-off of, oh, do you move back? And we've talked a lot about it, about that, but usually a lot of times it's, hey, what are we getting in return uh, and things like that? And is it worth, uh, is it worth, let's call it not picking at 19. So again, and, and to Gary's, when you get on the clock, you, usually in these cases, we may have some version of a, a pot of players. It's like, wow, if one of those players get there, kind of like that's a, let's call it dream 19 pick per se. And then there's going to be a, I call it a more realistic pot of players at 19. And, and usually you get there and you kind of figure out how many are left on the board. If one of your dream players is there, do you take him? If one of your realistic players are there, do you, is there someone else there? It's a lot of those variables. So it's, it makes it fun. And it makes the preparation. Uh, I think I mentioned it the other night at the at the draft. Uh, I say that the season ticket holder event that we had is you. We always hear about oh, what's this? We're going to follow the board, this vertical stack, and it's that stack is subjective. But there is so much that goes into the the nuance of of where players are stacked on the board. But the stack helps you, Gary. If we were to trade back, let's say someone was going to give us a valuable draft pick how far are you going back and then you can kind of count the players and go okay if we go back that far we get this extra draft pick or two or three whatever it is but we know we have a good chance of ending up with one of these players so that's where that vertical stack does help again i always say it's subjective everybody says follow the board and like at that event the other night everybody's board is different everybody's vertical stack is different but you're probably talking about good football players. What's it been like for you uh, for the first time in a while to actually, you know, be looking at all everyone who's available as opposed to, you know, not having a first round pick and, and maybe, you know, skewing your evaluation that way. How's it been for you personally be involved possibly in the first round? You know, it, it's been fun. Not a lot different. The fun is we've, we've gone into each, uh, it's called draft process, and we've had to discuss players that were going to be, you know, it, first it's called drafted in the first round. So you you always have to discuss those players and somewhat right get the base rates to figure out. Let's just call it simple. Put if you figure out your first thirty two, we to get to your thirty three through forty, you got to figure out your first thirty two. Uh, so we've had a lot of time to practice that, and there's some probably lessons learned that I won't get into here that we probably can take advantage of, of like these, I call it mock trials. And we're like, wow, that, that occurred. Maybe we use that when we are picking 
in the first round. So the fun part is, oh wow, we're not just we're not just trying to get to player thirty three. We actually could pick one at nineteen, and mm-hmm. in the past we haven't been able to say that. And um, from where you sit, what's what is Stetson Bennett's status? And will you guys uh, will that will it preclude you or inspire you to to, to draft another quarterback this year? Right. I think the the interesting thing about the draft is there's only certain many players. So we'll we'll continue working through Stetson still on NFI, but we've been in a in a process right where. The players are out of the building now, so we'll continue working through him as it gets to the offseason. I think on the quarterback situation, Gary, what we what we uh, do want to accomplish this year is making sure we have and, – and I can't say whether we keep two or three on the 53 things like that, but we want to make sure that, hey, if we ever have to go play a game without Matthew in the lineup, we want to be able to win it. And and I think this year, different than last year, based on salary cap, could allow us to maybe do a veteran QB. Doesn't mean you don't go with a younger QB uh, as a third, or does he earn a two? But that the, the flexibility uh, to Stu's first question right with the cap uh does does allow us to do that where last year you know we we thought you know what let's try to be the most competitive team with our starting 22 uh but it did uh it did come back to hurt us uh definitely one game last mm-hmm. year and then finally from me sorry uh, just with joe no no boom situation uh, a really big salary cap number um you know, not a starter. What's what's his future with the Rams at this point? We've actually had discussions with Joe and his reps trying to figure out a win-win uh, to come back just because he's been a valuable piece for us uh, in terms of whether he's been a starter, but let's call it a, a really good six-man. And, and this year he played both left and right tackle spots and guard force uh, at different times. So we're trying to come up with a, with a win-win. And again, similar to the, it's going to be a, it's a process. Can't microwave that one. Thanks very much. Jordan. Hey Les, thanks for doing this. Um, hello from Indianapolis. You wouldn't know what it's like here, but it's good stuff. Um, I, could, I could still land and navigate you know i, I got memories of indy um so go, kind of going back to one of adam's questions about that that player survey um from the nflpa one of the categories where the rams received really poor a really poor grade was a category called treatment of families um it, it it didn't expand much from player feedback in the poll i'm kind of wondering just from your perspective or from people who advise you or um, you communicate with in the organization have you gotten any feedback from players about what that possibly could mean or why you guys have for two seasons maybe scored a little bit lower in that area i i know we did discuss it jordan i'll be honest with you i don't know the exact let's call it the nuance of our what questions do you answer within the category of treating families? So I, I don't know if some of that is facilities. I know some of that can maybe, I know last year traffic getting to and from games, things like that. Some of the nuances 
that I know we walked through. I know Kevin knew them a little bit more. But I, I would say big picture, we've always, at the end of the day, tried to treat the player, the family, whether it's been when we went to the Super Bowl, things like that. Treat at number one with respect. Uh, obviously, if we got dinged, we may be missing out on some some bells and whistles. But I think at the core, we definitely want to treat you know everyone uh, with respect. And it's it's pretty interesting because I do know whether you're probably coaches or players, and they bring things. It's a, sometimes it's a tough transition. Uh, because there's a, a there's a nomadic lifestyle at times, depending on who you are and where you're at in your career and and things like that. So, it 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 is interesting how you you think about uh, that aspect. And, and and this year with a young team, it was interesting because when players play college football, a lot of times you, the rookie players per se aren't necessarily married and have kids, but while they have moms and dads who are used to showing up at, uh, let's call it college of choice to watch their son play football. But in the NFL, it's a little different, right? Where parents usually don't come to every home game. But this year there was that element of like, wait a minute, this is different than college football where there's uh, that it's just a different camaraderie there. So, but number one thing we'll do is try to treat people with respect Thank you. And then, um, and apologies for, for any background noise as well, but um, with Tyler Higby, do you guys have more clarity on a timeline and has he had that surgery yet? Uh, I know he has had surgery and timeline is still unclear other than, you know, because of the, probably the timing of his injury when it did occur, uh, it pushes back, right? Uh, data return uh, farther. So number one goal we've said, is uh, let's try to get Tyler healthy first, and then we'll figure out playing next. And then finally, for me, um, on this year's in this year's draft class, as you guys go through your evaluations, um, where are some positions of strength? Have you noticed any trends about those positions? It sounds like you know corner and an offensive line scouts here and analysts are, are talking them up pretty heavily right now um any trends you've noticed about those positions and where does that fit in within the rams needs hierarchy you know i, I probably won't get into specifics if we differed on what we think is strong or weak to because i'm sure those scouts are the enemy uh you know with the other 31 teams so uh but i, I think it, it is interesting as you you go through it now and it's one it's one of the reasons why we're here uh having draft meetings with our coaching staff, especially with some of the, the players that would be uh, possibilities at 19. And with that, with free agency on the on the back end of that, it is neat to go, okay, if, if you do free agency, would you still pick this player at 19? You know, if you sign the player in free agency, and all those things. And oh, by the way, wow, we just went through this and there's not a lot of, let's call it buy-in for a certain position. So maybe you you lean into that in free agency. That's, that's So that's kind of the, the fun thing we're doing uh, this week. If it's not fun, I would say it's it's interesting because it's, uh, it's, it's continuing to chip away at that puzzle that we're, you're trying to do of free agency draft. But that's uh, that's one of the reasons why we're not in Indy even though we value Indy a lot, I can I can say Jake Timmy and Nicole Blake, or they can't wait 
for some of the the numbers to come in. So I, I because we're here in SoCal, I, def, I definitely do not want anyone to think we do not value Indy. There may be a little less traditional footprint there, but with each year, this year the same, we have some people on the ground with specific missions. Uh, we look forward to the numbers. We'll get we'll get uh, a, probably the day after a subset of a position group works out. Uh, I can come in the next day and and read an evaluation uh, in our systems based on what our scouts thought that player did in the, in the workout portion. Jake and Nicole will blend up the analytics on where that player scored in terms of 40s and vertical jumps and things like that. So Jeff Foster, NFS staff, they do a great job. All right, that was Rams general manager Les Snead. Again, the Rams have uh, their first round pick for the first time since uh, drafting Jared Goff first overall. It's been a long time again. Uh, Les Snead famously had a quote that I can't uh, repeat, but blink those picks. He would uh, trade those picks uh, to get, uh, you know, players who did help them win a Super Bowl. But uh, the uh, Rams do have it. We'll, we'll see if they trade it, but they do have their first round pick for the first time once again since drafting Jared Goff first overall. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the draft, and we'll be joined by the Food Schools. When we come back right here on the Mighty Year 1090, in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now, in a city where time disappears. We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 Hawaii. It's Friday, and that can only mean one thing. It is Food School Friday. So uh, here we go. The Polly and Tony Food School Show. Polly and Tony are two Philly guys claim to be sports radio legends, even though they have the absolute worst takes. If you want to hear more from them, I don't know why you would, you can listen to the Polly and Tony Fusco show on iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. So here we go. I regret this every Friday. But it is Fusco Friday, so here it is. Take it away, Polly and Tony. As always, Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco and Tony. Yo, huge show today. Oh, you know, now wait. that the NFL season is finally over yep. and, you know, there's nothing going on in the NBA, we, the sports media, yep. can finally focus on the topics that actually matter. Right, Tony? Yeah. Finally, we can stop talking about useless topics like who won and lost games. Like, who cares? Nobody. And that's exactly. why today we're addressing the most serious issue facing sports 
and frankly, society right yep. now. Of course, we're talking about court storming, court storming. in college basketball. Yep. yep. And don't worry, people. We have several simple, easy solutions that's going to solve this problem once and for all. Yeah, we'll take uh, care of it. Yeah. Yeah. But first, a couple show notes, a new addition to our Fusco show merch store. You can honor the most iconic duo in sports, us, uh, with this new style inspired by the hit video game NBA Jam. But yeah. certainly not copying or infringing on any of their trades. No, not at all. Yeah, this exactly. is all original. Yeah. Visit the merch store by clicking the link in the description. And also make sure you got to re- rate and review the show, people. Yeah, Go what are you Apple doing? Podcast. Do it. We still got a 3.9 rating there for some reason. Yeah. Clearly our podcast got hacked by somebody. That's the only explanation. And, uh, you know, for our millions of viewers on YouTube, uh, you're probably noticing that Tony and I were using different microphones today. Well, that's because our idiot producer screwed up the order. Guy can't even be. What? 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 The the order just got delayed. I can't control the shipping. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to ship you to Mars. Yeah. You know what else got delayed? Your brain development. Now, shut up. Get out of here. Anyway, stop talking. Yeah. All right. Anyway, to today's show, one of our colleagues here at Fox Sports Radio, he's been actually trying to defend court storm pathetically. Now he wants to come on our show, apparently, and argue with us or something. I don't know what he's trying to storm our court. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, anyway, Doug Gottlieb will be joining us. And, you know, wait until he hears our solutions, Tony. You know, he's going to realize what a terrible job he does. That's what yeah, he's going to do. And he's going to be so jealous of our ideas. Absolutely. Uh, but before all that, it's time for an ad from our good friends at Uber Eats. Do you like eating at home because you're a slob and don't want to be seen in public? Uber Eats has got you covered, right, Tony? Yeah. In fact, the other day, I invited my Aunt Marie and her boyfriend Nuncio out to dinner. But Nuncio said they were eating at home. And I said, ooh, where are you eating from tonight? And he said, from between your aunt's legs. And uh, actually, you know what? Let's just, you just uh, forget keep going. it anyway. Go to yeah, UberEats.com, yeah. enter the promo code FUSCO. They get $100 off your entire meal. Wow, great deal. Offer yeah. expires February 28th, 2024. Take advantage. Yeah, there you go. All right. No more delays, Tony. Time to get into our top story. Top story. As we told you up top, you know, this is why late February sports talk is the best type of sports talk. It really is. Now that the NFL season is over, we the sports media, we can finally take time to address the real major issues. You know, like court storming. And we unfortunately saw this rear its ugly head where, you know, after Duke player Kyle Filipowski appeared to get injured following Duke's loss to Wake Forest when hordes of wild and uncontrolled rioters so scary. the court in support of Wake Forest victory. And Tony, this is just so troubling, not just for college basketball, but for America. Isn't that right? Absolutely. We all know we need to protect our borders, especially the ones around our basketball courts. If yep. we have open borders on college basketball courts and we're just letting anyone cross over, what are our enemies going to say? If you're Putin and you're at home watching these games, you're like, let's attack America right now. Their borders are weak and insecure. If we can't stop college students, then we can't stop anybody. 
just great political perspective there, Tony. And, you know, there are many people across Thank the you. sports media landscape weighing in here, including ESPN college basketball analyst Jay Billis, yeah. who said he would like to see students arrested for great. court storming. And, you know, yep. some people say this is egregious and unconstitutional, but those people are clearly liberal socialists, aren't they, Tony? 100 percent. These students who are storming the courts are breaking the law. Yep. I mean, haven't you heard of contempt of court? Well, yep. isn't a basketball court a court? Yep. Aren't basketball courts technically part of the United States court system? Yep. We need to teach these young, unruly college criminals to respect courts of all kinds. Yep. If we don't do that, then our country and society could easily descend into total lawless chaos. Great points all around, Tony. And, you know, we've heard a bunch of people out there trying to come up with ways to stop court storming, and they're all just so terrible. In fact, Tony, you know, right before this show, we sat down for, what was it, two, three minutes? minutes? We came up, yeah, we came up with a bunch of ideas that could stop this in a heartbeat. Uh, So anyway, Tony, why don't you go ahead and tell them our first idea? Shock collars. Every student who comes into the arena gets one and has to wear it. And if they get too close to the court, electrocuted. And what's great, too, is this can work in other arenas as well. You know, uh, you could use the shock collars at the at the Academy Awards. You know, if you see Will Smith and he's getting upset by a joke. uh Oh, he's walking toward the stage. What's going to happen? No problem. Crisis averted. Just such a slam dunk idea right there. Thank uh, you. You know, of course, we do realize, you know, some people might think that might be a little much. So we did come up with an alternate idea, right? Tell them, Tony. An electric fence. You know, right after the final buzzer sounds, the electric fence goes up. And anyone who tries to touch it gets zapped with thousands of gigawatts of electricity. We admit This is a much kinder, gentler way of delivering potentially lethal amounts of electricity into people. Just another home run idea. And you know, Tony, while you were saying all that, I came up with an idea. here. Get this. Great. Let's hear it. Yeah. Stink bomb. All right. You know, game ends. You just drop. It just comes right down. A bomb just filled with shit and piss. And it just drops on the court. And everyone's like, whoa, bro, I'm not going over there. It smells like shit and piss. And, uh, you know, they probably just got to leave the arena. You're done. That's a great one, too. And here's another idea. Magnet shoes. You know, once the buzzer ends, the magnet floor is activated and everyone's just stuck there. No court storming. That, another such a smart idea that Tony and I'm um, just going Thank over you. our list. You've got it too. Any others you want to bring up there? Um, yep. Last one. Sleeping gas. You know, yep. you got all those air conditioning vents in those arenas. Well, why not in the fourth quarter, you just start pumping in a very mild dose of sleeping gas. Yep. That way, the game ends very quietly, no drama, no and drama. everyone goes home in the morning well rested. You know, just so many great examples and ideas that Tony, yeah, it's hard to decide you. which one is best. We know for you out there. So that's why we're going to we're going to see what you'll think. Uh, it's time for the official Fusco show poll question of the day. What is the best method to prevent court storming? A shock collars on students. B electric fence. C stink bomb on court. 
D, magnet shoes, or E, sleeping gas. Vote now on Twitter yeah. by tweeting at the Fusco Show, and uh, we'll reveal the results, you know, at some point if we remember to do it. Yeah, maybe. We'll probably forget, but who knows? Anyway, to other news, awful announcing. They published a very important article discussing the dangers of yep. social media and sports news. You know, specifically so fake accounts where people appear to be insiders delivering news like it's from Adam Schefter or Adrian Wojnarowski. And Tony, this is so important for people to watch out for, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, you have to be so careful these days of people in sports media who are pretending to be someone they're not. You know, that's why it's so crucial to make sure you listen to trusted sources like us. At least, you know, you can take everything we say at face value. Just such a sobering message there, Tony. And uh, one final sports media note. Longtime NFL writer and uh, talking head Peter King suddenly announced his shocking retirement on Monday after 40 years in the business. And uh, Tony, you know, a lot of people speculating what happened here, but we can easily see what led to this stunning decision, can't we? Yeah. All you got to do is look at what happened on Monday. Peter King published a column in which he said he doesn't have a good feeling about the Eagles in 2024. And later in that very same column, he announced his retirement. So it's clear what happened here. He had a take that was so impossibly bad that when he read it back to himself, he was like, oh, my God, I need to retire. That has to be the only explanation that Tony. So just a final tip of the cap. To Peter King for knowing yeah, good exactly job by when you. to hang it up. But on that note, uh, someone who should have hung it up a long time ago and probably exactly. will get hung up on anyway. Let's just bring him on the Fusco Satellite Network. Fusco Satellite Network. All right, this guy. Host the Doug Gottlieb show on our broadcast partner, Fox Sports Radio, and how they're still in business with him after this week. We have no clue how that's happening. He's one of these fools out there actually defending court storming in college basketball despite a Duke player being unjustly injured by a bunch of lawless rioters. And it's no surprise he feels this way, given he lives in California. Of course. All liberal lawlessness there. Anyway, let's get him in here. Doug Gottlieb, welcome back to the show. Welcome to the show. Do I have to do this? Right. No, I have to contractually obligate. I have to. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, oh, hey, yeah. guys. You know, oh. yeah, we know in you? California, work is optional. We get that. So this might be hard. Right. For you. You're yeah, right. Exactly. Sunshine, not op- sunshine, not optional. Okay. Oh, Beautiful right. sunsets, not optional. Work. We're hey. going to sunset you. Don't yeah, worry. Give exactly. us a couple very minutes. Soon. Anyway, all right. Stop trying to run this interview. You're not yeah, the host. That's here. us. All right. Yeah. First question we have for you. All right. You know, yeah. we follow the news. We follow you people in California and how you think. So storming the Capitol building, apparently that's not okay. That's not okay. Storming a basketball court and yeah, injuring that's young, okay. innocent people, well, that's sure. okay and wins your support. So explain how that makes any sense. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to storm a basketball court on January 7th, right? But outside of that... Um, well, nobody watches college look, basketball on January 7th, but okay, go ahead. I, I actually think you make a good point. It's the, probably the only good point you're going to make on your podcast, which no. is no one watches. The The reason people watch college basketball is not because the product is better than the NBA. Heck, the product's probably not better than the G League. You watch it because it's college kids... They're wearing your favorite school's name across their chest. 
you hear the fight song and you see the students and the energy in these buildings. And like, what, why are we taking away no, the celebration no, of what's supposed to be an upset? No. What I see because one is kid gets bummed. I'm talking here. I watch that and I'll, people around the globe watching that and they see nothing but lawlessness. Exactly. You know, one thing we can agree on. <laughs> We need to protect our borders, don't we? Yeah. Well, what about the borders around the basketball court? What about court, basketball dog? court borders? You know, let's say you're Putin at home watching all that energy you talk about. Yeah. You look at that, uh, you think, let's attack America right now. Right now, let's go. Call it the in. invasion. They can't be stopped. Why? That looks like uh, we got a good defending force. Those are all, they're all military call up age. Um, look, you oh, actually, again, you do bring up a good point where, there, okay. where, where we have to, you talk about protecting the borders. Like this is not that hard to have security to make sure that 12 scholarship athletes and their coaching staff gets off the court safely. That that's really the breakdown in Winston-Salem. There were like 10 court stormings last weekend, last week and weekend. And only one did Kyle Pasky get bumped into. It was a breakdown in security. Right. Which is, by the way, the same thing we're talking about down in Texas and in California and Arizona. It's not a, it's not about the border. It's about the securing that border. You just got to secure these guys. Got to protect them. No, okay? exactly. them what do they do in the Texas? Celebrate. What do they do? They know you don't worry on the security guards. You arm yourself. Yeah. And that's what Gilbert Arenas knew when he was, yep. you know, you look at Gilbert John Arenas. Morant. He, he was yep. bringing guns to the stadium. People said, no, no, no. Smart. John Morant, you know, walking around Memphis with you a gotta gun. You got to arm these guys. No, oh. no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not no. arming basketball players while they're running up and down the court. No, no. You want to you no. put them in harm's way. Well, all right, let's hear about you. You were a college basketball player. Somehow. Yes. Yep. Oklahoma yes. State. You know, yes. Uh, I assume given that you were on a bunch of crappy teams, you were never involved in a court. We were not a crappy team. We we're not a crappy team. We played three NCAA tournaments and played in the Elite Eight. Uh, okay. Well, all right. We you never know. had right, a court storm. You we, were not, we were not Duke, so we didn't have a court storm. We, there was one court storming during my time in Stillwater. We beat Oklahoma my sophomore year. Good buddy of mine, Brian Montanati. He got carried off the court because he wasn't playing a bunch, but he made a game-winning free throw. It was like four game-winning free throws. Was he afraid of being injured in the melee? That's why they carried him off the, the court? No, no. It's the greatest moment of his sporting life. Sad for him. So, no. It's awesome. Have you ever got – you guys ever been – you guys ever been to a court storming, like a real one? Like, like No, we, we like, have, but we held everybody back. Yeah, we, we said, no, stay back, where you are. You know. Crowd yeah. control. Just for the record, the people, the reason Allen Iverson was never injured at Georgetown is because we personally drove down there and defended people. We fended them away. Yeah. It was like that movie 300. Yeah, we stopped everybody. Stay where you are. Let, let me ask you, when you were uh, when you were involved in that court storming, uh, how yes. how quickly did you piss your pants when you saw all these people who were bigger than you coming at you? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I am small for a basketball player, not small in real life, right? So I'm roughly six feet tall. So wow. it's not like I, I, it's not like I was concerned. And I was like, concerned. And again, remember during the court storming, we were actually the home team and they were storming for us. So I haven't been oh. involved in the visiting one. I'm sure the uh, I'm sure a bunch of people running out of stands is a little bit alarming, right? Especially you're not expecting. But this is where it's not that hard. 
Hire quality security people if they can't secure the court. You know what games there's going to be a court storm. It's not that hard. Listen, Dude, Carolina, listen, right. Kansas, it's not Kentucky. Hard. Yeah. In fact, we have some very simple ideas that we're going to yep. present, Doug. Fire. Pa- yeah. Polly, fire and you know, away. when you hear, hear these, hear. you're going to you're gonna me, know me, what You're going to kill yourself for not thinking this. Oh, you're in a hurry. Tell that to your audience. You do three hours a day. This is not my job. To turn off the radio. Yeah. All right, yes. look, here we go. Idea number one. Okay. You're going to kick yourself, Doug. Okay. Ready, okay. number one. Yeah. Tony, tell him. You put shock collars on all the students as soon as they walk in. This Storm. way, when they start running towards the court, bzz, 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 uh, and then no, no more storming. Smart. Uh, it's an interesting concept. Um, having a having lived on the East Coast where you usually don't have fences, so your dog has a shock collar. It's actually pretty humane. Bzz, bzz, bzz. Um, yeah. Um, I don't mind it. I just probably think that it's grounds for a lawsuit. No, like I'm just no, saying, no, no. It ain't this interview gonna is fly in 2024. What about? Yeah, you're gonna fly you, when we throw you. You off see the all show. the kids okay. getting ready, and then boom, you drop a stink bomb full of piss and shit right on center court, and then everyone's yep. like, "Oh, what's that smell?" And they run away. Yeah. Oh, don't go over there. It smells uh, ag- like piss ag- again. Again, this is not really the environment, the welcoming environment. We're trying to get more students into the building. Have you been to a harder. college frat house? Smells exactly like shit. Yeah, that's, that's what it smells saying, like. like. Double it. You know, triple it, baby. Yeah. You need to come to Temple, bro. That's what it smells like. Temple smells like piss and shit. Well, the frat house, oh, bro. On a good day. Uh, you're, you're making a great pitch for why somebody should go to Temple. It's, yeah, it's a stunner that they struggle. They, they struggle with athletics in terms of recruiting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to go. That's a negatory. What no. else? Wait, right, hold on. Oh. We got better ones. Yeah, Tony, tell them yeah. this next one. Wait okay. For this magnet shoes. Everyone that comes in has to put put on magnet shoes. And then at yep. the end of the game, when it looks like they're getting ready, you activate the floor magnet. Boom. Everybody's frozen. Nobody can move. Smart. They take off the shoes to run on the court. No, the, you'll no, get, you'll get no, locking no, no. mechanism. See, no, the you're magnets getting, inside the shoes that hold the shoe on. You're not thinking. thinking. There's no shoes that hold the shoe on. You can't invent. We have a proprietary a design. We have so. <laughs> oh, you do. Oh, yeah. you, oh, you do. Clearly, you never went to a magnet school. That's why magnets. That's why they call I them magnet no schools, bro. You, you know what? I am today's years old. I went to February twenty eighth. Okay, 2024. Yep. I am today years old that I just learned. I'm writing this note down. That's what a magnet school means. Yeah, God. bro. Why are you taking notes? Do you, have anything else? do you guys have anything else? Because I do have a life and this is not really part of it. Yes. Oh, all right. You know what, Tony? We'll give him one more chance. Yeah. Because you're not getting yeah. the point. I want yeah, you to well, look yeah. at him. I want you to look at the camera. Hey. And I want you to hey, look at the camera. Yeah. And I want you to apologize yeah. for giving terrible takes and putting our young people in danger. Go. Yeah. And giving Putin I, listen, the green light. Listen, I apologize. Or absolutely nothing. Yeah. Oh, well, guess what? Guess what? Yeah. Here's nothing. what. You want a court? What? You're in court, yeah. and you've just been ruled yeah. guilty of being a shitty guest. Yeah. Because you're off the show. Because you're off the Get show. Get out of here. You know what? Those, you've done yourself a show in your career. You're never gonna climb out. You're done. Get out of here. Strong. All right. That was Polly and Tony Fusco. Fusco Friday. It's become a thing. I never thought it would be, but it is. So the uh, Polly and Tony Fusco show. Uh, all right, folks, that is all the time we have for today. Signing off from Indianapolis here at the NFL Combine, where we'll be back home on Monday.
That's all the time. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, "Stay safe and stay healthy." This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.